early in that time, uh, you were you was part of a corrector on this if we wrong, but you was part of another group with Kid Fresh, Rapping Lee, and Diamond C. Yeah, we were the the awesome three in jukebox because I was primarily beatboxing. I was primarily when we when we when the awesome three when I had me and Raheem we had met this dude at a talent show who said he knew somebody with some cash who who would be willing to back us. Uh, we didn't know he was talking about James Smith, aka James Prince, at the, uh, James James Prince. Um, but he went and introduced us to Prince and the other three guys in the group, Lee, uh, Kid Fresh, and Diamond T. They didn't have a lot of confidence in it, and so I, I ran with it. And but all of us are still real good friends. And they might have they might have came up with the best part of the deal by not fucking with it at all. You feel me? Right. Yeah. So. Uh, when you originally when you originally met uh, Raheem and K Nine, that that was through the music, or y'all had grew up around the way. Nah, me and me and Raheem knew each other from from uh we we had met up because Raheem had came to Yates to battle Eric Wright, Easy E from OG style. Oh uh, yeah. Oh yeah. okay okay. Uh, yeah. And he had heard me rapping, and I had heard him spitting, and we was like, shit, we got what it takes to make it together. And uh, me and Raheem had been cool ever since then. Raheem had moved in with my family. My mother had almost adopted him and everything. You know, he was he was having wow. some difficulties in his life, and uh, my mother embraced him uh, uh, like she like he was her own child. And uh, me and Raheem were very close. We met we met Rapalot or K9 when we went to Fifth Ward to meet James. We had not known him before then. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. Wow. So y'all had y'all had met K9 and James Prince at the same time. Well, not not on the same day at the same time. We met Jay first, and then a, maybe a, a day or a week or so later, we met K. He said he had a brother that rapped named K-9 or Sir Rap-A-Lot, and that's when we met him. Okay, okay, okay. So um, when uh, you and Raheem had started rapping, they said that uh, Raheem had already had a name for the group called the Hip Hop Vigilantes. Uh, that was the name of that was the name of our group, the Hip Hop Vigilantes. Me and Raheem, Hip Hop. Okay. Me, me, me and Raheem oh, was the Hip Hop Vigilantes. When I left the Awesome oh. Three, when I left the Awesome Three, me and Raheem, the name of the group, me and Raheem group, was the Hip Hop Vigilantes. Raheem was always a solo artist. He was always he always had enough, and uh, his ego was large, and, and he he was just uh, he was just Raheem. He was just. Oh, he don't get the credit he deserves in Houston, you know? Right. He don't get the credit he deserves. A lot of people feel like hip-hop started in Houston with the DJ Screw thing. And that's nothing. I don't have nothing against them, brother. They did their thing. You know what I'm saying? But that was hip-hop in Houston way before Robert Jackson. And oh, the, yeah. And the screwed-up click. And the screwed-up right. click. They did their thing, and I'm not knocking them. I give them all the respect in the world. But the the, the people who opened the doors, who don't get enough credit, you know, the original Ghetto Boys and Raheem. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, and I was reading the Scarface book a while back, you know, that uh, it was another DJ named Daryl Scott who had some who had some cold mixtapes, and I remember yeah, saying yeah, that. Exactly. Uh, Daryl Scott started that. Yeah. So, yeah, you, you, you it, it, b- b- before, before DJ Screw, it, it was Daryl Scott. He, he started that. The, the right. go get your tape thing and come get your weekly tapes and Daryl tape number this and Daryl Daryl Scott tape number that. I grew up with Daryl Scott in Third Ward. He was my neighbor. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Wow. Real, real, real good dude. Okay. So, um, so when you Raheem and uh, Kane and I had started rapping together, who originally, who initially came up with the name the Ghetto Boys? Oh, we was all standing around outside, and uh, you know, we was in the ghetto, and uh, and uh, and uh, I think NC Trahan, NC came up with the name Ghetto Boys. If my memory is right, NC came up with the name. Okay, so uh, was it uh, I put it was it any unofficial members of the original Ghetto Boys who had do what now? I, I didn't hear the question. Well, was it any unofficial members of the Ghetto Boys? You know, somebody. Nah, just just, no, nah, it was just me, Raheem, and K9. Okay, okay. 
So, uh, with Raheem and K9, you know, individually, what what type of styles did they have? What 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 did they bring to the table to just you know make that group stand out? You know what? You know what what made what made one number different from the other one that just made the the group what it what it was at that time. You know, before, honestly, we were all, like I said, we were all battle rappers, and we used to go to this club and battle rap against all the best people in Houston. And uh, that, that, that's all it was. We, we, we all brought a certain skill set. You know, um, Raheem was a, a tremendous lyricist. Uh, K-9 was a flamboyant. He was, he was a lyricist as well. He was um, – he he could he could he could rap up the man. K nine could look at anything and just come off the top of his head with it. He was gifted in that regard, and right. and I I was similar to to Raheem in that in that regard. That we were just lyricists and we just loved what we was doing and we was passionate about it. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Right. Yeah. So when uh, so how how did it come about for the the ghetto boys uh? Signed the the contract with Jay Prince and you know when when did this come together? Hey, hold, hey, give me one second. My wife is blowing me up on the other line. Let me answer the phone. Okay. Give give, give me one second. Yeah, man. It's just dope. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, I kind of wish I had me some Daryl Scott tapes, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get get your Daryl Scott tape because that was. Really, the first uh, tape that ended up getting screwed out by accident. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And that uh, and that other DJ that was at the block party, and uh, the stereo had messed up or something. The the batteries had got low while the Daryl Scott tape was playing, and the way it was sounding, it, it just sounded dope. Damn. Yeah. That's that's the original screw. Yeah, <laughs> you can say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cause I, I can't think of that uh, that DJ name off the top of my head, but he was just DJing at local parties and stuff, and it just so happened right. he had that because that first Daryl Scott tape, uh, it got screwed out around '93, something yeah. like that. And I said, then well, when that Marcus Price, I think that was his name, Marcus Price or Michael Price, but he he died before everything really took off. Hello. Yeah, we here. Hello. Yeah. Right. Yes, sir. Yeah. So, uh, well, so, so you asked me a question about contracts and rap a lot. Yes, sir. Um, we made Car Freaks in 1986. We wasn't under contract at the time. Uh, it was like uh, we had all become very good friends, and you know, it's it's not that we were ignorant or dumb or stupid. We were loyal. Right. So Raheem and I, Raheem and I were loyal to Jay Prince, and uh, and we felt like that loyalty and friendship was above all else. You know what I'm right. saying? Yeah. And so yeah. we didn't we didn't sign we didn't sign contract. I didn't sign a contract, and I don't believe Raheem did either. Uh, I didn't sign a contract until uh, Making Trouble was in production. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, because. Uh, the other question was why that uh, we was wondering why you know when the when the car freaks had came out. Well, me personally, I had always wondered how come you know that that y'all three didn't make a full album at the time, but it was because y'all wasn't under contract yet. Uh. Nah, nah, that wasn't that didn't, under the contract didn't have nothing to do with it. Like I just said, uh, me and Raheem. We 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 wanted to do a, a album together. Raheem and I did. K9 had got us in trouble and went to jail at the time, so that's okay. why he was immediate. That's why he was immediately out of the picture. And then Raheem, he said uh, he he didn't want to team up with nobody from out of state. It was it was gonna be me and him, or it wasn't gonna be nothing, and this and that and this and that. So he decided to go off on his own, which was a good decision. Too. So that's that's what uh. They didn't give up on me. He was like, shit, we're going to find some more people, and we're going to keep this thing going. And that's what we did with Johnny and Red. Okay. And, okay. and uh, like, if you if you ever see pictures of uh, 
that you got to be down, cover, or uh, you ain't nothing yeah. to cover. Yeah, Bush, I got Bush that McBeal, out. Bush McBeal ain't on him. He on the you got to be down, but he wasn't rapping. He was just a dancer back then. Bush didn't start rapping until I went to prison. Oh, wow. Right. So, uh, when when Rapalai was first formed, what was those what was the beginning of those days like? The during that original formation when everything when everybody was trying to find themselves and just those early days. What 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 was those was, days like? It was exciting. It was difficult. And uh it it, it, it was really worthwhile. You know, I, I can say it was worthwhile because I achieved the dream. Uh, but it, it was difficult back then because Ravelot initially was on top of James Carlot. You know, it was on top of his Carlot, and then and, and it might have been on top of the Carlot for seven or eight months, and then they moved it to a building down the street. So it, it was exciting because we got to do a lot of stuff, and we were young and we were living the dream, and it was difficult because damn near every day we ate a two piece from Popeyes. You know what I'm saying? Right. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't, uh, it, wasn't uh, it, 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 it was never that glamorous for 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 the uh, red 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 may have got to experience some of that glamour, but for me it was it was just difficult. It was exciting. Though. I can't. And I I I I, I did. I, I I I I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, so, you know, we all recognize Jay Prince as being, a, a, how can I put it, starting one of the first uh, well-known record labels in the South. But uh, let me let me let me oh, tell you this. Here. Let me let me let me tell you this here. And I need you. I need you to listen to me. Okay. I need I need you to understand what I'm telling you. That if me and Raheem don't go to Fifth Ward, ain't no rap lot record. Wow. Rap, yeah. Wow. Rap a lot records wasn't even thought of. Right. Yeah. They, they was they was they was out there doing their thing, whatever they was doing, this and that and this and that. But if Raheem and I don't show up with this dude named Byron, ain't no rap a lot records. People don't wow. know that part of the story. You know, right. we we inspired we inspired him. Two kids inspired this man to do that. You feel yeah. me? What no we, right. we didn't walk in we didn't walk into no rap a lot records. Oh no, we didn't walk into no rap like record. We walked into a little house in Fifth Ward and met this man at a little house in Fifth Ward, and he was like, "This and that, and this and that, and I might do it, you know, uh, this and that, and this and that." But then we we all sit sat there and came up with the, his brother name was K Nine or Rap a Lot. That's where the name for the company came from, and we all saw right. this thing be put together piece by piece. But I know for a fact, beyond a shadow of any reasonable doubt, that if Raheem and I don't show up, ain't no rap a lot record. Right. Yeah. His brother was already there rapping, and he hadn't invested in his brother. You feel yeah. me? Right. So it, it, it took Raheem and I to show up in order for him to invest his money in that way. Right. Yeah, because wow. uh, yeah, uh, what I was, you know, what I was going to ask, uh, was it any other small production companies just doing stuff in Houston? Uh, you know, not the... You know the South K Reno and the South Park Coalition. Them, I don't know how well established they were, but they was around. They was doing their thing. I don't know when they formulated or got the name South Park Coalition, but they they was around because they some of the people we used to battle against. And uh, 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 K Reno and I are still close to this day. Um, but I, I don't I don't know of anybody else. I can't I can't think of anybody else. There might have been a few people out there, but once 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 Jay decided he was gonna do his thing, he did his thing. Did nothing hold right. him back. Right. Wow. Yeah. So, um, these these guys, Doug King, Cliff Blodgett, Carl Stevenson, you know, what what was their roles at the label at that time? They they came in. Carl Smith and uh, Cliff Blodgett. They came in together. They came in uh, as producers. And and um, give me one second. Hold on. They came in as producers, and they came in and helped rap a lot, develop sound, and get the engineering together. 
even though we already had Red, Red did Red at the time. He was a a novice engineer. He was a hell of a producer. Right. But he, he didn't have an engineering aspect of it all the way down. So that's how they came in. Uh, Carl, Carl uh, Raheem album, The Vigilante. Paul did most of the production on that. Uh, and somehow Cliff ended up owning part of Rap Life. I don't know all the story behind that. I just know it happened. Right, right. And, and so, James bought him out. So, um, so with D, when uh, DJ Red and Red was in the mix, originally when he came in, he was part of Del Four, right? He came in and he—I I don't know if he was—I I think Red did tell me he was part of the group. I don't like to say I don't like to think that we took him from them, but he came—he came to us, you know. They—we were all close at the time, and they had three or four DJs already, and we didn't have any. And I think right. Red just connected. Red just connected with me in a, in a good way. Uh, he was older than I am. I think he saw my potential coming from up there where he was from, and uh, he said he had somebody that might that might uh, fit in well with me, and that's how I, uh, I met Johnny C through Red. Okay, okay. So, look, was it a story behind the, the car-free song, or was it something y'all had just did for fun to record, or or what? It's, just, it's the same thing going on today, brother. It's a bunch of 20, 20, 26-inch boppers out there. It's a bunch of car-free <laughs> out there still. You know? Yeah. yeah. It's, the same, it's the same thing. You ain't got to have shit but a car. And a lot of these little girls will come with you. You ain't got to have a house. It's the same thing. It's a bunch of car freaks. They still out there. The song is still relevant today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, a, it's a bunch of them out there. You ain't got to have no job. You ain't got that. That's all it was. She a car freak. <laughs> yeah, so um, when uh, Jay Prince had secured the, the distribution deal with, with A&M Records, you know, from from your point of view, uh, how did y'all feel about that? That you know, it, it got a, you know, he had this independent label, it got this first major distribution. You know, what was the feeling like? Was, was it in the high hopes that the distribution the, uh, deal was the distribution deal was for Raheem? Yeah. Oh, yep. okay. Yeah. It was. It wasn't for rap a lot. and M wanted Raheem. Oh, okay. Yeah, but um, um, the way that deal came about for Raheem was Jay really didn't know a lot of people. Right. He had a partner who did, and his partner okay. introduced him to some people at A and M, and that's how that deal came about for Raheem. Okay, so uh. Uh, is it true that A and M had wanted the ghetto boys to do a clean album? That that I, I never knew that back then. That never came to me. Okay, okay. Yeah, because that was one question that was always you know in the air. You know, so we had we had we had never. I don't think they may have presented us. To A&M, but that interest was in Raheem. Okay. So uh, what ended up happening at the, the A&M talent showcase with Raheem that ended up in that deal? Hello? Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about how I want to answer the question. Oh, okay. <laughs> um... <laughs> It just it just fell through, bro. It just uh, a lot of people want to make it seem like it was Raheem's fault, but I doubt that. Right. Because he wanted it more than anybody. But the, the right. individual who the individual who opened that door uh, is Michael Harris. Harryo. Harryo. I don't. Yeah, Harryo. Uh, yeah. Ariel was a very good friend of ours. He still is, as a matter of fact. Okay. And uh, this is a part of the story that people don't like to tell. Because right. um, 
know, people trying to disassociate themselves from Harry O and put the labels on him and hey man, but every time we was with him he treated us like we was kings. He treated us like we was Michael Jackson or 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 Prince back then. He every time we was with Michael Harris, there was no doubt that we was on our way to being superstars. Wow. That's right. Wow. Yeah, so uh uh, what so what what type of what type of role did he play? Played a significant role. Um, like we was on the we was on the wipeout tour with the Fat Boys back then. They were a pretty big deal. We were on the wipeout tour with the Fat Boys just before MC Hammer blew up, and MC right. Hammer would go MC Hammer would go on stage before us, and we was like the yeah. opening opening act. And we were like right. second, and you're in the fat boys. So I don't believe without without Harryo, that West Coast part of the Wipeout tour, we wouldn't have got no no action in that. Right, right. You know, and I I, I just recently found out uh, through a very good source that the reason Jay and Harryo fell out is because um, he felt like Harryo was trying to take us from him. I never sensed that though. I never I never felt that. Oh, okay. So, uh, hmm. yeah. So, uh, with that being said, was there any other labels that was looking to sign y'all? We was loyal to rap a lot, bro. Like I told you earlier, we was we was we was we was partners before we was anything else. Ain't no way in hell we would have betrayed Jay Prince Trust. No way. Nobody could have did nothing. You know. Right. So, what um, was you around when Jay Prince had moved Rock a Lot to New York? Yes, I was. The the the, the car lot, the the company in Houston was still on top of the car lot when that happened. They didn't move into the other building, and that 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 move to New York didn't last very long at all. But so, uh, what what was some of the the obstacles y'all had to face up there? From your point of view, what what all was? None, none of the none of the artists ever went. Oh, okay. Okay. Just, just the company went. None of the artists ever went. Not back then, oh. anyway. Oh, okay. Okay, so... Uh, when they went of- up there to try to open some doors, you know, try to get into the market where hip-hop was live. Right. None of us went. Oh, okay. So, I wonder, was, it, uh, was he trying to expand like do it on you know houston and on the east coast or he just you know fully east coast opening the doors and bring it back down he was, south just, or? he was doing he was doing what any other savvy businessman would have done he was trying to grow his brand expand his market learn as much as he could and new york right. was was where it was happening at, at the time and so he was just going up there trying to increase his, his marketability and his brand you know it was a, it was a savvy business move if, if people had open doors for him Right, right. Yeah, because I mean, for some reason, you know, it's all you know. The East Coast always was saying that you know that the South was always looked down on for some reason in hip hop. You know, from a business and the music. Uh, well, I'm sure, I'm sure yeah. they don't feel like that anymore. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, when when did things really start to? Change between you and Jay Prince. One night, the group was the group was changing again. Johnny C had said he wanted to go solo, so it was just Red and I, and we had met DJ Action Scarface, and so okay. um, it had to be in '89, early early '89. Um, so James went talk to Willie D. We had already had Scarface. He went talk to Willie D. Told him he wanted to make him a ghetto boy. So we was all at J Ranch in Katy. We had a studio there. Right. And um, the the reason let's get to like on making trouble on the on the on the, on, on all the first albums. We wasn't given the liberty that we needed to be the artist that we was because I feel like making better, making trouble could have been much better. Right. If we had been able to do it, had more creative control. 
almost everything we did was managed very carefully. Oh, okay. We, we had another album called Just Made a Jump in the Hype, me, Red, and Johnny. A very good hip-hop album. Very damn good hip-hop album. They never put it out. See, we, we, were, more, we were more hip-hop artists than gangsters. Right. We, yeah. didn't, we, didn't, we, we didn't experience all of that gangster shit until we met J.J. Prince. So we met, I, I, didn't know nothing, I didn't know nothing about it. shit. I was raised, raised up square. I didn't know nothing about that gangster shit until I met some gangsters. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Right. Yeah. So, right. so um, I, I was an innocent kid when, when I went over there. Is, so, there, is, there copy, is there copies of that album or any, like, is there? Johnny is there any, has, from what I understand, Johnny has all the masters to it. And he's wow, holding okay. on to them like, like they go. That's so good. That's the, good. That's good. One of the songs, they put out one of the songs uh, on, a, on a compilation with some NWA and some more artists. Uh, Red posted it on his timeline at one time. It was called Must Be the Music by the Ghetto Boys. Okay. Right. Yeah, hip hop must be the music. I, I'll look it up and send you the link or something, or, or, or you can call Red and, and find it. But um, so. We were at James Ranch, and we were working on some songs. We had just finished Willie B's um, Controversy album. We did that at Doug King's studio, BPM, Beat Per Minute. And uh, and um, we, were, we went to his ranch, and he was like, well, I, I felt like lyrically I could match anybody. But for some reason, they didn't feel like that. And so they were trying to say, hey, get, 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 let Willie D write that for you, or let Willie D do. It. And I was like, man, I don't, I don't, this ain't, this ain't me. Okay. Oh, this, this ain't me. Yeah, this, ain't, yeah. this ain't me. So, um, after being a, there a couple of days, I was like, hey, man, this, this ain't in my heart no more. I, I don't want to do this no more. And I left. That's the honest to God truth. That's the way I left the group. I walked away because they wanted me to let somebody else write for me, and I wasn't having it. So I left. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so after you had left, uh, and I, I believe would, would, would you, I, I, he he never said it to me, but I I was there in the beginning before anybody, and I believe that he took that James Prince took that as a betrayal. That was the first one. Right. That I had walked that I walked away from the group. Man. So yeah. uh, so when you had left the group, was you still recording the song? Well would you do was you even planning on doing a solo project? Did you ever think about that or you just wanted to do the do the group thing? Okay. Hello? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why the phone disconnected my bag. Uh so good. Hello? Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, so I-, I walked away from the group and I remember the ride home. Cliff Logic took me home to my mother's house and uh and for a kid who was, I was, I was 18 years old at the time. I had been the original ghetto boy. You know, when they say original ghetto boys, it sort of kind of offends me because <laughs> there wasn't right. no boys. It was, it was just me. I was the original ghetto boy. It was that was. I feel like that's my shit. You know what I'm saying? But right, okay. yeah. But okay. Um, I I walked away from the group. You know, uh, Willie D has a, a habit of saying that I left behind my baby mama with some twins. I, I don't have no twins. I didn't leave with no woman. I didn't leave behind a woman. I left because I, I felt like I was an artist and I, my, my creativity was being suppressed. Uh, I, I may not, back then, I may not have been able to express it the way I'm expressing it now, but this is exactly what it was. And yeah. I, I, have, I have nothing against the fraternity of ghetto boys, any of the artists. 
I, I love all of them. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate I appreciate what they did. I, I wish they would come up with a new group. I got three or four guys I think will make hell of a ghetto boys to keep the legacy going. But uh, uh, for the people who, who, who held the mantle for ghetto boys and represented for ghetto boys, hey, man, I love them all, man. We created a, a living legacy. You know what I'm yeah. saying? We, we, we are deeply ingrained in, in, the, in the culture of hip-hop now. So can't nobody take that away from us. Uh, right. Can't nobody. And we, we, we had um, some of the best MCs, uh, probably Brad is probably in the top five from wherever coast you from. Right. So, yep. they, so, they, they, so they 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 can't take that from us. They they can't they can't take that from us. You know, Big right. Mike yep. was a hell of a, Big Mike was a hell of a lyricist. Uh, yeah. Willie and Willie D could hit you with some of the best fucking punchlines in the world. Um Yeah. We, <laughs> yep. we, we 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 all we all brought something to the table. You know what I'm saying? Right. We we all we all brought an element that, that was necessary for ghetto boys to sustain itself. Uh um I just don't appreciate the fact that the foundation, you know, myself, Raheem, K9, Johnny, Ready Red, we tend to get looked over. Yeah. So that's 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 why I'm willing to do these radio interviews with you guys and whoever else, and and I'm in the mix trying to put the music together because I I, I need my story to be told. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so uh, after you had left the. Uh, after you had left the group, uh, was you thinking about doing in the solo project? Was there any songs you did? I, I did some music, but the dude, like I told you, I think you asked me this before. When you and I had a personal conversation, the dude who had the music, he passed, and I couldn't tell you how to get it. Yeah. Right. So, um, after leaving, you had a, a incident had happened that had led to your incarceration. Uh, was it uh, was it gang related? Or looking back on it, how do you feel about it? You know that period of time in your life. I I have no regrets because I'm still alive. Um, we had got into it. I was hustling. Um, we had got into it with some dudes who was coming to our neighborhood in Third Ward trying to take over. We wasn't going for it, and a young man lost his life. You know, all I all I can do is ask God to forgive me for it. But right. Do I regret it? No. Yes. Now, do I regret it? Do I regret it? No. Because if they could have killed me, they would have killed me. Yeah. So if if it don't yeah. the scenario, if if one thing changes in the scenario, I'm dead. Why do yeah. I regret it? No, I don't. It cost me the thing. I don't regret what I did. I regret the fact that I did 14 years in prison. You know, I, yeah. missed, I missed out on I missed out on 14 years of my kid's life. I had one child at the time. Uh, I missed out. My my mother passed while I was in prison. Uh, yeah. um, when young when young men were out here going to college and establishing credit and buying homes and expressing themselves and finding love and I was in prison trying to keep all my teeth in my mouth, and I did a damn good job. Right. Yes, sir. Yeah, everybody have a testimony. Everybody have a story. You know, so uh, with that being said, is there anything else that you'd like to add with what you what you have going on nowadays? Do you have any projects coming out? Or I want to say – you got. I want to tell you and Bumbleclot, thank you for y'all support. First of all, thank you for, you know, keeping keep keeping the legacy alive, and thank you for being real and opening avenues and venues where brothers like myself are not forgotten. And I want to say to any aspiring artists out there, I, I know what the culture is today. You know, I, I don't, I, I'm not knocking anybody. I know what people are into this hype music and and uh, uh, this uh, gross uh, materialism and uh, whatever the fuck else they doing out there. I, I appreciate artists who respect the craft. You know, like Jay Kendrick Lamar, uh, new, these new, uh, a, a few newer guys, I, I can't think of their name, they, they, but they respect the craft. They know something about lyricism and metaphor and simile. 
and they not they not they not selling they not selling the craft out. Uh, and so these these are people we need to support. You know, uh, I, I don't mind you supporting if if you like Young Thug or the Migos or, or or whoever the hell else you might like, whoever the hell else out there doing that. Uh, 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 if that's what you like, that's what you like. If them little brothers can get paid and provide a better way for their family, all praises be to Allah. But Word. We we also need people to carry the mantle for the craft, you know, to to protect the craft. We can't we can't continue exactly. to blame we can't continue to blame corporate America. We can't allow them or give them control of our creativity. We exactly. we, we, we have we have to be like uh like uh Chuck Berry. We have to be like uh 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 Ray Charles. We have to be like Prince. We have to be like people yeah. who demand respect. And held on to their creativity and didn't sell our we can't sell our 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 hip hop. This ours. Exactly. Cool cool her created this at a party and it belonged to us. Yes, they're yep. capitalizing off of it, but we the owners. We the exactly. owners. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And we have to take care we have to take care of it. You know, pe- people have people have Chuck Berry, uh Prince, uh uh Jimi Hendrix. Uh, uh, and a lot of other artists, uh, including hip hop artists, we can't sell ourselves out to the culture. We have to take care of the craft. Exactly. Take care of the craft, regardless of what they plan on Clear Channel Radio. And like I said, all that uh, you can't understand nothing they saying. Support the artists. Who take, care, take support the artists who take care of the craft. Exactly, because me and Bumble Cloud, we be talking often, and, and uh, we be like, it, it's still so good music out there, but we really got to dig for it. You know, I mean, it's yeah. not like how it was, you know, back, you know, back when, when, when y'all, when we all was coming up, and, you know, we could just go in the record store, we could just pick up any record, tape, or CD, whatever it be, and uh, we just chanced it and wasn't disappointed, you know, instead of nowadays. We got we got to be why, real picky in particular, and that's where graffiti like radio can do the most good. You know, you you reach out, you reach out to up and coming artists, and give them a a, a venue to where they stuff can be played. However you do it, if you charge them or whatever, if they want it, I understand. Everybody trying to eat, everybody trying to make a living, but if you open a door for them to where they stuff can get played, do that. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. do that. Yeah, so Bumba Clyde, you got anything that you want to ask? Oh yeah, I just want to ask, like, uh, what part did uh, NC Trahan play with the like early Ghetto Boy stuff, or even rap a lot? It, was he like it, inspirational? It, every, every part. Every part. Okay. If 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 NC had still been alive, I would still be a Ghetto Boy. Yeah. I wouldn't. Wow. I wouldn't have went to. I wouldn't have went to prison. Yeah. He was a he was a brother, he was a father figure. He was a uh, he was everything to us, bro. Wow. He was he was everything to us, bro. Rap a lot in the hell where, where I met Jay Prince was at his house. You know, for, for 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 three or four months, rap a lot was in his in his living room. Wow. <laughs> this is the part of the story people don't know. Yeah. yeah. You know, for three or for three or four months, when we was just trying to figure out where we was going, we had a name for the company, we had the group members and everything. Shit, rap a lot was in his living room. He was yeah. everything, bro. He was everything, bro. I know yeah. that. I, I talk I talked to Red I talked to Red about once a week. And Red will share these same sentiments with you. But if Vince yeah. Trahan had been alive, yeah. things would be much different. There is wow. no, there is no doubt in my mind about it. No doubt in my mind. Yeah, because uh, and I, so and because, I just, oh, I'm listening. Yeah, no, I just wanted to say that uh, while I got you on here, I just wanted to say that you know I, I I'm not gonna say I'm the biggest rapper lot fan, but anybody that knows me knows that I'm a rapper lot head. You know you. You look at my collection. Rapper Light got his own section, <laughs> you know. And I've been, 
you know, you you and then when you build up in the rap a lot of groups, you know, I try to share as much backstory as I can, you know, because you know, I was just you know, just inspired by the, the moves that was made. You know, the because like I say, you know, that but rap a lot made a lot of moves, but y'all was the foundation, you know, y'all was the reason that a lot of those moves was being made. You know, so yeah. yeah, because I mean, you know, a lot of people, you know, old schoolers like me and Bumblecloud, you know, we don't mind paying homage, you know, and that that's where a lot of people need to show their appreciation and I shows my appreciation, you know, every chance I get, especially like when me and you we be having our conversations. I you know, I just can't say it enough. Nah, I I appreciate y'all. What y'all doing? Or what what y'all trying to do? What y'all hoping to accomplish? I appreciate that, and I'm that's why I'm here. Uh, I think I'm y'all. I'm y'all first interview. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> that, that, that's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. Yeah, I've, I've grown accustomed to being first. I appreciate that. Thank no you. Problem. Thank you very much, man. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate yeah. y'all reaching out to me, and uh, I, 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 I'm not the type of dude who. Don't try to give back. This is me giving back. You feel me? Yes, sir. Yep. This, 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 this yep. is me giving back. And uh, like I said, man, the Ghetto Boys gonna live forever, man. We didn't we didn't created some good music. Uh, we have some phenomenal members. Um, yeah. Oh, and it's, another it's, thing, it's a, it's yeah, a beautiful another, story, and it's also tragic. Yeah, yeah. Another yeah. thing. Uh, was was it any guys? You know, throughout the years when the Ghetto Boys was real active. Was it any guys that you may have heard of who Jay Prince had thought about putting into the group, but it never happened? Because I know DMG name came up a lot. Uh, he wanted he wanted Bun B, he wanted Zero, he wanted Slim Thug, he wanted wow. all of them to be ghetto boys. Crazy, crazy. Hey, I, I got one. When you was battle rapping, battle rapping Raheem, or you know, like Easy E, who was who was the best battle rapper, or? Between all y'all, who you thought was the best battle rapper? Um, from from back then, the best battle rapper to me, and probably still today, the best dude I ever battled against was K. Reno. Yep. Ra- Raheem. Yeah. Raheem. Yep. Rick Royal from the Royal Flush. Uh, uh, uh what his name was? The MC Poet. Somebody Poet from the Royal Flush. Uh, Willie Will D, Willie D. Uh, <laughs> uh, back in the day, Klondike Cat was a hell of a hell of a battle rapper. OG Style, OG Style was a hell of a battle rapper. He, 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 OG he, Style, yeah, he yeah. was a hell of a battle. Hey, and uh, Big Mello, Big Mello, we 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 ran with all these boys. Uh, yeah, uh, King T, King T was a hell of a battle rapper. A lot of people don't know he from Houston. He from Houston. Oh, he LA, LA King T. Shit, yeah, man. Oh, uh, what? I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, all, all, of, all of us. All, all of us. All, man, it was so many. You know, because dudes knew that if you was a sucky MC, like a bunch yeah. of cats today, yeah. you was going to get served. You was going to get served. I don't know what they call them today, but they still suck MC. Yeah, that's what's up. <laughs> they, still, they still suck MC. Yeah, and then we we uh, we just found out that Vanilla Ice was around that time too. Yeah, Did Vanilla Ice battle rap. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> let me let, let me tell you something about let me tell you something about battling somebody like Vanilla Ice. If you lose, if you lose, you lost to Vanilla Ice. You'll never live that down. And if you win, if you win, you ain't beat nobody. Yeah. You ain't beat nobody. You know that's what I'm so that, That's just how it is. Yeah. And, okay. Okay. You beat Vanilla Ice. Ice, ice, baby. You beat Vanilla Ice. Okay. But if you beat him, it's like, okay, you ain't did nothing. You ain't did nothing. <laughs> you know? That's funny. Did you ever, oh, did you ever right. get... Did you did you ever get the battle at the uh, the Rhinestone Wrang- Wrangler or whatever the club yeah, that's, was? That's, that's, that's the club. That's where we all okay. battle at Rhinestone. Okay, okay. We all 
we that's all cool. battled that rhinestone. If you was a if you was a battle rapper back then in the in the, in the late eighties, that's yeah. where you went to prove you. That's where you went to prove yourself. That's tight. Okay, cool. And, and, and K Nine and the Royal Flush and Willie D. I remember I remember the Royal Flush got up there and I got a kind of I got a big head. I got a big head. So man, <laughs> I got up, I got up there and the Royal Flush ranked on my head so bad. Talked about me. They they damn they had me in tears. Hear me. But but this but my boy my boy K nine came to my defense so flawless. I'm talking about K nine was a hell of a battle rapper, bro. Yeah. <laughs> he was a hell of a battle rapper. So I I I I ain't I ain't have to cry that night because he defended me with such lyrical prowess. Man, it was beautiful, bro. It was beautiful. that's awesome. It was beautiful. Uh, and it was, this is when hip hop was fun. We ain't have to worry about violence. We ain't have to worry about guns. We just Hey man, if you got something against me, we're gonna take it out on each other on the mic. Yeah, right. me, yeah. Meet me, meet That's me here. Meet me here, and we're gonna do this shit on the mic. Let's do this shit on the mic. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> man. That's crazy. Uh, those, those were the days, man. No, don't too much do too much do no battle rapping nowadays, do it. Do they do it was a it's a it was a lost part of the culture. You know, that thing they doing now that you get on YouTube where these dudes that ain't battle rapping. Some nah. of some of them some of them pretty good, but that's a lost part of the culture. You know, somebody needs to yeah. bring that back. And it needs, yeah. it needs to be raw. It don't it needs to be raw. Battle rapping is raw. It don't need to be yeah. rehearsed. You know what I'm saying? It needs to be just off the top of your dome. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that that's well you, and you listen. You listen to a lot of them guys, you see them on YouTube or you catch them on MTV and you be like, ain't no way in hell he's thinking of this right now. Yeah, right. So it's, it's, <laughs> right. It's, it's, too, it's too much. It's, it's scripted. Yeah, you know? there you go. Yeah, well, I said, man, it, this has been great. It's, it's been a blessing and it's been a pleasure. Uh, yeah, Mr. Jukebox, I, I appreciate what you did for us, taking us down this... Uh, Power for forgotten history, taking us down memory lane, and uh, appreciate you what you did for us. Man, long live Grady Talk Radio, man. Long live the ghetto boys. Y'all be easy. I got to go to work. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much, sir. Peace. All right. All right.